Hello and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for our listeners waiting a few minutes for us to take care of some technical difficulties here. I greatly appreciate you guys holding on here. We have about 1,400 listeners I see. <laughs> I guess it grew. Uh, listening right now. I greatly appreciate you guys being here and listening to us right now. Now, you know I don't like to carbon date our episodes. But how are the rest of you guys doing? We're in a global pandemic. Everybody's stuck inside. How's your family? How's your loved ones? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you writing? You're writing that great movie? You're writing that great book? Now, I know you guys wait for the end of the show for me to give you, your, you know, your daily lecture, which I imagine most of you just shut right off right after the show. But I want to talk to you a little bit about grudges. Now, grudges could be an awesome thing. They protect you from harm that has been done for you before, hurt from people individual that are specifically trying to do you harm so you have a grudge against them I understand that I totally understand that life is not guaranteed you can walk across the street get hit by a car you could have a heart problem and die at 16 years old a global pandemic is, is not all it takes for you to end your life Life is extremely short. Life is extremely precious. If you're holding on to that grudge, holding on to a grudge against somebody right now, and that's what's keeping you from reaching out to that person to see if they're okay, just simply, are you okay? How are you doing? How's your family doing? I want you to rethink that relationship. Rethink that grudge. Only the strong can be that wise. It it takes great strength to put aside your ego, your hubris, to reach out to other people and see how they're doing. I've reached out to several people who quite honestly did not want to hear from me. Some answered back, some did not. But I wanted to know how they were doing. I'm not saying they held a grudge against me, but maybe we didn't talk in a long time. Maybe they had hard feelings about that. Maybe they have a grudge that I'm not aware of. I needed to find that out. If you had this happen to you, give us a call. 515-602-9609. That's the number. Now, I want to know what you've been reading. I want to know what you've been watching. Give us a call. I want to know these things. Now, today we have a special guest. We have Caitlin Hudson on today. She's on a new show called Ultimate Tag. We're going to start from the beginning of her life to where she is right now. But she's an incredible human being. We can't wait to talk to her. Matter of fact, why should we wait any longer? Let's do it right now. 
Caitlin. Hey, how's it going? Good. You got your you got your cloud track in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing, girl? Before we get started, how are you and your family doing during this lockdown? Ah, uh, gosh. I mean, as best as we can, you know. All things considered, um, I'm really fortunate to be living with some some really awesome roommates. So. We keep each other company, and I've been staying in touch with my parents, and they're they're all doing really well too. Nice. Now your parents are, are homebound in Arizona, am I right? Uh, they're actually in Florida. So uh, oh, we Florida. Went to Florida when I was younger. Um, okay. And so that's where they are now. Ah, did you start off in Arizona and then you moved to Florida? Yeah. Nice. So, so what part of Florida did you grow up in? Orlando. Orlando, Florida. That's a very popular place to grow up in. Yes, very, very busy. Lots of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to Disneyland a lot? Yeah, you know, not as much as you would expect because it's like when it's right there, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. But right. we, we had annual passes for a couple years, definitely. Right. Now, you you started off in the martial arts as well as acting. What came first, the <laughs> martial arts or the acting? I guess technically the martial arts. Um, hmm. Weirdly, I guess they were almost the same time. I started martial arts when I was in third grade. Um, third grade. And my first, yeah, and then my first musical was in fourth grade. So pretty, pretty close <laughs> to the same time. What was the musical? I, it was Annie Jr. Annie Jr.? Yeah, it was like the kids' version of Annie. We we kids played every single character, and I was uh, Grace, the secretary. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is hilarious. So so acting acting was just in your blood. Where did where did that come from? Did it, did it come from a, a family member? Did it come from your family? Were they actors as well? Um, both of my brothers did theater in school as well. Um, okay, but. Before us, there had never really been a an actor in the family, as far as I know. Um, my, oh. we're, we're a very science based family, you could say. What do you, What do your parents do that that you're science based? My mom, uh, she works for a hospital. She used to be a nurse, and now she's kind of an executive. And then my right. dad is a defense contractor. <laughs> a defense contractor. Yeah, I, you know, I never fully understood what exactly he does. He always tells me he babysits adults. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, yeah. Defense contractors are very important people, and, and quite actually their, their jobs are quite frightening, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, yeah. They work with the DOD. They, they're very important people. It's, it's, a, it's a, a high standard job, and you need high qualifications for that. Gosh, well, I guess it makes sense that my dad does that. Then he's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you went into martial arts, were your parents very supportive towards you? I mean, they, they obviously brought you there. You were just just a child. Yeah, my dad is the one who put me into martial arts, and actually, my whole family started at the exact same time. Okay. Um, so me, my parents, and both my brothers all got into the same karate school. Yeah. Um, and. I think my, my mom and my 
a younger older brother, they got to their brown belts. And then me, my dad, and my eldest brother got to black belt. And then right. my dad and I are the only two that still still do it. Um, right. But my dad originally put me in martial arts because I was planning on going to a magnet school that was kind of in a bad part of town. Sure. And so he wanted me to be able to defend myself. And that's right. how it started. Was Shido Ryu always a style that you, you you grew up with, or did you go to that school later on? That's what I started with. And then as I got wow. older, the style kind of, uh, we we our school merged with a Taekwondo school. So it became right. a little more uh, general, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, but it was really cool to try to mix the Taekwondo techniques from those schools into the very traditional school that I came from. Right. Well, there's a lot of blocking in martial arts. I mean, I don't mean blocking as far as blocking a punch. I mean, as far as movement and where you're going, there's a lot of blocking. So I can see how it can correlate into acting. Did it, did it help you at all with you with your acting on stage? Uh, definitely. Um, and I, it, it kind of worked out because I also grew up dancing. Um, okay. And so the, the dance helped the martial arts and both of those things helped with the acting. And right. then surprisingly, the acting helped a lot with the martial arts as well, because there's right. um, quite a bit of a performative aspect to the form right. to be mm-hmm. able to sell the intensity and the intention. So they, right. all, they all really help each other in a way you wouldn't expect. Well, I've been teaching martial arts for over 30 years, so I understand exactly what you're talking about. And I've been, oh. you know, we get, we get a lot of actors out here in Los Angeles. So, you know, it, it, I've always taught that, whereas, because I get a lot of actors, and we talk about how acting and martial arts are, are very, very similar. Because you're, basically, you're, you're learning lines, you're learning plot detail, you're learning all these things from your copy, and then you're going on to stage, and you're acting as if you've never heard it before. Mm-hmm. You've never, right, you've never done this before, and then you're, you're responding naturally, which is the exact same thing you do in martial arts, well, what what is it about martial arts that you that you like the most? Because I, I understand you became a teacher later on. Yeah, um, gosh, I guess for me it's the it's like the mind body connection, right? Um, you know, the fact that it's something you have to do with your entire being, and it, it's, you know, as a kid, you don't always understand the like the spiritual connection with the martial arts, but especially as I've gotten older, I've started to learn how those things are intertwined and it's just made me even more passionate about it. Mind and body Um, symbiosis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, going with the acting, that's, that's such a big part of so many acting techniques as well. Um, I just think it's very fascinating and a, a, a cool way to be in touch with yourself. Absolutely. What was your master's name? Um, I had a couple. So uh, Sensei okay. Michael Perry was kind of my main instructor. Um, okay. He He's still Orlando-based. Um, I also had um, Mr. David Rodriguez, who was one of my instructors as I got older. And then right. uh, Julius Mobley, Michelle Mobley. Or they, they were just some of the ones who really helped me as I was coming up. Now, were you were you more interested in in kata, or are you more interested in in the fighting aspect, or we, or I should I say, or, or weapons? 
I was definitely more of a Kata kid growing up. Um, okay. I did really love bow staff. Um, I wasn't super into sparring. Um, right. I think I was ironically kind of, uh, you know, conflict averse, although I think a lot of martial artists <laughs> are. I think they are, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and especially as a dancer, I liked making shapes and uh, the, right. like I said, the performative aspect of it. Right. Yeah, the performance is is brilliant. What you know? Can, can you name any of your favorite favorite forms? Shinto is definitely one of my favorites. It's a, I think a first degree black yep. belt kata from from my school. That's uh, I liked it because it had the the Shinto kick, which I thought was super sure. flashy and cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Oh gosh, what else? Uh. Pasai was a really fun one. Oh, Pasai. Yeah. Yeah. Pasai is a beautiful, Pasai is a a beautiful form, a beautiful form. Mm -hmm. I I don't remember the entire thing, but I, I, it has that one block that repeats a lot. And I was always a really big fan of uh, Uchihachidach. So any stance with, or any form with that stance, I I always liked. (laughs) So you didn't record yourself doing your form so you'd remember them later on. I didn't, you know, I, I should try to go find those video, the videos of the forms and relearn them though. Cause right. I'd be curious to see how I can do them now compared to when I was younger. Yeah. I recorded the heck out of all my forms all throughout the ages. So I would never forget my forms, but I, I saw a lot of people, you know, they try to do it purely by memory. And it's like, I feel bad for you, bro, because <laughs> <laughs> memory is so bad. Memory is so horrible. And as you know, you know, because you taught, you know, it, it's very difficult to go through all of these things. Now, how, how was teaching to you? Did you enjoy teaching? I did to an extent. Um, I was really young when I started teaching. I was in high school. Okay. And I, I did find that at the time it was difficult for me to still be a good student while I was teaching. Sure. Um, and I guess the, the hindsight of it now is knowing that being a teacher is one of the best ways to learn because you are processing the information in new ways and you're also right. getting to pick up little wisdoms from the people you're teaching that they might not even realize they have. Right. Um, but at the time, I, I felt a little selfish in a way. I, you know, it was a lot of the mindset of, man, I'm teaching all these people and I, I don't get to learn anymore. Right. Um, Wow, but you're the first one to admit that. that in a very long time. You know, that is the truth, and you're one of the first people to admit that <laughs> on oh, this <man>. show. <laughs> but but you're you're absolutely right because you you do get kind of you know just out of being having the ability to learn new things because you're constantly regurgitating old information, but learning the information because you have to teach it. So you have to like inspect it. You have to like pick it apart. But you're right. You're right. You are you are missing out on new information. Yeah, it, it, you kind of you get out of shape a little, and you don't even realize it at first. But then you you try to go demonstrate something for your students, and you're like, oh, that's way harder than the last time I did it, which happened to be six months ago. What? Right. <laughs> I, like time flies, but right. the. You are you are correct that the getting to 
take apart the, the basics and the details is a gift in its own way. So it's right. a give and take for sure. Absolutely. So how did your acting go while you're, while you're doing this and you're, you're back in grade school, going into high school, how was your, how, how did your acting flourish out and, and how did, how did it develop for you? It definitely came out of nowhere. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say nowhere. Um, so okay. my brothers both did theater in high school. Um, and no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you, you did mention your brothers and I, I, I didn't, I didn't pursue this, but your brothers went into, into acting as well. What was their purpose about the whole thing? I don't even know why they did theater, to be honest, because now they're both engineers. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. So they're engineers now, but they love theater. They did. They, and they were both <laughs> so good at it. And yeah. So immensely talented. Um, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they did theater in high school. And so I kind of just took after them in that regard. Um, you're the youngest. I, would go to all their, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So it was my job to, to follow in their footsteps. Of course it is. I'm the youngest as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, so they they got into theater, and so it just made sense that I would go to the same school and then also get into theater. Right. But then, where when I started looking for degrees and what schools I might go to for college, I was like, oh yeah, well obviously I'm gonna be an engineering major, and I don't know, maybe I'll maybe I'll get a minor in in acting because why not? <laughs> And then eventually that turned into, okay, maybe I'll double major acting and engineering. That's and then crazy. the more I learned about acting, the more I realized you, you can't really, you can't do that halfway commitment thing. Right. And I was like, well, I really want to act. So I guess I'm not doing engineering. Right. <laughs> right. Which was a hard reality for my family to face, but they have, they've come around since then. Well, how did they feel about that initially when you when you told them about those decision making? Definitely, they were resistant. Um, okay, it's that it's that fear of you know just the unknown. Like, yeah, they. It's bad enough for yourself to not want to fail, but I think for a parent to be afraid of their kid aspiring for something that seems so out of reach, you don't want right. to see them fail or be defeated or. Um, not be able to make ends meet for whatever reason because it right. is such a, a volatile industry. Sure. Um, also, no one in our family had ever done anything like that. They didn't. They didn't know anything about agencies or or right. what it took. Um. So I think mostly they were just scared of the right. unknown, and so was I for sure. What was um, it? What was it about you that that wanted to pursue something so dangerous and so out of the box, comparatively speaking, to your family? I think it it, it actually started by watching crime shows. <laughs> crime shows. 
Yeah, I was really into Criminal Minds, very specifically. And for for a while, I thought I was, I know, I know. You're hilarious. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but, so I, I thought I might want to do like CIA work or be in the Special Forces because that's what my dad did. So right. I was doing all this research about military and paramilitary and looking into the FBI and I remember looking on the websites, I was like, oh, it doesn't seem nearly as interesting as it looks in the TV shows. Right. And then I was like, okay, maybe I just want to play one of these people <laughs> on television. <laughs> uh, that makes, that happened, strangely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just want to like pretend to – like, I, I want to do the, the heightened version of, of right. these jobs. I don't want to do the, the desk, the desk work and all the boring stuff. Um, and then well, you, you don't sound like a person who's filled with fear or has any kind of fear. Was it, was it, was it fear at all that kept you from these kind of, I would say really extreme uh, job opportunities? I don't think so. I, Okay. I mean, I am scared of a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right, but right. I think it was more that at, the more I looked into them, I just realized my heart wasn't in it. Right. Um, it just didn't. It didn't feel right. That that gut instinct. It just. I wasn't passionate about it the way that I was when I imagined playing those characters on TV. Right. Um. And it, it's so funny because looking back, it seems obvious that between growing up as a martial artist and an actor and a dancer that right. I would be passionate about entertainment. But I just kept trying to go into the route of like engineering, criminology, science for such a long time. And I was like, man, why doesn't this feel right? <laughs> right. Right. That makes sense to me. You know, being a part of the martial arts and what have you and being in all the other fields, you would think that that your type would be the perfect type to be in special forces, to be in the military, to be in the CIA, to be in the FBI, to be in just any kind of general, you know, field like that. But that that didn't interest you. And you were more interested in playing those people in your field. Yeah, it is It is kind of a weird, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, just a, a disconnect. Um, sure. And there's certainly a part of me that sometimes feels selfish that I would choose the, the glamorous version of those jobs as opposed to the the ones that actually now that's your, that's your that's that's your martial art guilt kicking in right there. That's that's, that's totally. ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. Now you po you, you chose a field that you wanted to be in, and you you're not uh, obligated to go out there and be a killer. Just you know, and by the way, because you were so much interested in in kata instead of sparring, it does make sense to me that fighting and, and, and shooting and all these things were, were not a, a general interest of yours. That's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought yeah. of it like that, but it's, I guess I'm, I've always been more interested in the, the performance, the more, yeah, the, the performance, the, the spiritual side of the martial arts, as opposed to the yeah. application. The, inter- 
the introspective, the, the thought of it, uh, how it works out, how to explain it to other people. You know, it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, if you were to say that you're a big fighter and you, you got a world championship, you know, it would make, it would make sense to me why you would have a, a large amount of guilt about not going into the special forces or what have you. But the fact that you focus purely on, you know, the bow staff and Kata and what have you, it makes sense that, that you love the performance of the art and the, the, what we would say is the classic interpretation of the martial arts because sparring was never the classic interpretation of the martial arts. It was never, it was Kata explaining. And then Bunkai, Bunkai meaning the explanation of the movements in the kata. So that was always the uh, that was always the mainstay. Yeah, that's you're you're totally right. It's and it's the it's also the very like I guess it's very Eastern uh, the Eastern mm. martial arts especially I think sure. focus on all that stuff and that's always been the the styles of martial arts I've been more interested in as opposed to. Um, you know, boxing and kickboxing, which are still super right. cool, but then the, the Kung Fu and the karate that I've sure. really been drawn to. Right. So what did you do with, with your, and we'll, get, we'll go back to your acting, but what did you do with your martial arts once you were going to college? Uh, speaking of, I guess college would have been the one time where I did start to mm-hmm. be more, boxing oriented there was a an MMA gym huh. right down the street from my college <laughs> um, it, it was called train fight win um and train fight was, win yeah I saw the <laughs> tank top that with it with those words on it awesome. um so that's that I guess that was really when I started investing into the the physical part of martial arts so i was doing the kickboxing i got really into grappling for a little while bjj um, right yeah bjj uh, mostly no gi i did a little yeah. bit of gi grappling but primarily yeah. just as it pertained to the the mma stuff well you train the classic um, styles yeah yeah it's it, so that was that was definitely new territory for me um and yeah. i was not great admittedly. <laughs> why is that? Why, why do you I, say that? Because I would punch people and then I would apologize for it. <laughs> oh, you're one of them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, I hate people like you because you, you knock us in the nose, our nose starts to bleed, and then you say you're sorry. And it's like, please stop it. But it's just, you just feel so bad because you don't want to hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. That. You're hilarious also, to me. It was even worse because when people punched me, I would also apologize. <laughs> really? No. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel bad that they felt bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what else did you do? So so how did you continue that? Did you did you? push yourself through the, the physical martial arts and push yourself through the, the, the grappling and, and the sparring and what have you? Yeah. So I, I really took a liking to BJJ because it didn't, it, it wasn't so aggressive. It was, it was way more thoughtful and calculated. I, I think some people compare it to chess, like the, the chess and yes. martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really fun for me. And also I had never, had much experience with grappling before that. So right. in 
college, I did a lot of a handful of grappling tournaments with my team, um, practiced the sparring on the side. And I was actually thinking about taking a, an amateur fight, which oh my God, I, I think it's better that I didn't. Um, but I was yes. almost going to start training for that when I got my first stunt show, um, which nice. then kind of what steered me into screen fighting and stage fighting as opposed to just strict martial arts. Well, what was your first stunt show? It was a little theme park show at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia called okay. All for One. And it was based on the Three Musketeers. It was like 23 minutes long. And I played... That's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I guess, the... I guess it is. Yeah, that's a long time. That's a long time for physical arts. So you you played the queen. How did that go? I did. It was super fun. It honestly, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life because I did it as a little summer show between two semesters of college, and it was really my introduction into stunts. Right. Um, it's where I, I mean, it's where I realized I wanted to do stunts because before that, it had been acting and martial arts as two separate things. And that was really the first time I got to combine them. And between getting to be, you know, doing the live performance, which I've always loved, and getting to pretend to fight and be super cool and have these costumes, it was just the combination of everything I loved. And um, it was a really cool experience. It seems like you were made for that. Let's roll back a little bit. So let's go back to your family and, and them, you know, being kind of afraid of your future and what have you. What, what you know, we talked about your first acting experience. How much more acting did you do after that? How many more shows did you do? Because it seems like you did a lot of acting from that show when you were a kid and on for like Annie on forward. What else did you do? I I did a couple other small plays in elementary school. Middle school, I feel like I lost my path a little, a science magnet and Right. The really the only acting I did was through <clears throat> through dance and then a little bit of Shakespeare study in English class, which was right. always my favorite class. <laughs> right. Um and then once I got to high school, I got involved in thespians. So right. I, you know, I did all the high school plays. I eventually became the president of my thespian troupe. We would do competitions. So uh, I guess it was kind of weird, but you'd compete within your school district and you would perform right. monologues, duets, musicals. Um, and it was, it was like a competition and you got judged and adjudicated for it. Um, so that was a really big part of my developing my craft as an actor. Well, that's then, wonderful. Thank you. Um, and then eventually the the stuff in school, it didn't feel like enough. So I started right. taking acting classes outside of school at a studio well, let's, called. Sorry, let's stop ahead. right there because you, you're interested in, in two fields that I, two people that I love the most, which is Chekhov and Meisner. Yeah. Where in the world did your did your heart lie in that? Because there's not a lot of people who put their love in their craft. I, I hope I'm saying that right to you. Because the craft is so important. And putting your heart into that craft 
makes you who you are. And just a lot of people just throw themselves into acting. They just throw themselves into it. But to study the greats, to study some, some people that are like Chekhov and Meisner that are so brilliant, what brought you to these people? Um, well, that, that studio um, that I started to go to was really my right. first introduction to Meisner. Um, yeah. I took a, I think it was a week or two week long Meisner intensive. Um, right. And that was really the first time that I had experienced a technique besides like the, the toolbox approach as it, right. it's called, yeah. um, which is great. You know, don't get me wrong, but yeah. like you mentioned, I, I, I love picking a concept or a technique and just right. diving into that. Um, and, and, you know, it's weird with acting because it, you kind of have to, it's all, it's also hypothetical. It's nothing tangible, right. Right. but it's really cool to take a concept and just see how you can apply it and see how you can connect with it. Um, so for Meisner, the idea of the just living truthfully in imaginary circumstances was such a cool concept for me. And right. during that class was the first time when I acted in a scene. And then I didn't even realize I was acting until I was taken out of the scene. And it, I like gasped because I was like, whoa, I feel like I just actually acted for the first time ever. Oh. <laughs> and it was that was really the moment when I became super passionate about like trying to, trying to get that feeling again. Right. So, you know, studying the technique more and like, what, how did I, how did I get there? What was that, that flow state that I found? And then with Chekhov, because it's so focused on the body and like we mentioned with martial arts, that mind body connection is so fascinating. I felt like there was a really big, connection there for me as well right do, do, do you do you think for a second that your, your family is ultra specific in, in the the work that they do it, it's all mathematical it's, it's very very placed do you think that mm-hmm. has something to do with how your brain is working and how you're choosing your path as well i think definitely i <laughs> i've always been um a very uh, calculated analytical person, um, which is, it's a hard thing to try to deal with when you're in the realm of creativity and subjectiveness. Um, And there's always that part of me that tries to find the right way to do things, which obviously there isn't in what we do. Um, But I try to use it to my advantage in that I, I really can get, I, I can hone in on techniques for hours and I'll just, I'll go down these wormholes and I feel like I can discover a lot of cool connections between things because of that, that logical brain that I have. Right. Well, you played the queen. You had a good time. Where did you go from there? So from that show, um, just through the, the talk of my castmates, I heard about another live show, which was called Marvel Universe Live. And at the time, that was like the coolest thing I'd ever heard of because it was this, <laughs> this touring stunt show um, right. through Feld Entertainment. And it was all the Marvel superheroes and 
uh, you know, you thought 23 minutes was a long time. This show was almost two hours long. <laughs> Get out of here. Wow. Yeah. It was a whole production. And it, it was a new city every week, and we performed in basketball arenas. Um, so from the Three Musketeers show, I decided I was going to audition for that show, which happened a right. couple months later. What character did you play? Uh, Black Widow. <laughs> How did I know you played Black Widow? Come on. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, it's so obvious. obvious. <laughs> it's so obvious. It's hilarious. I mean, yeah. you, you have the brightest red hair. You're obviously going to play Black Widow. So Yeah. How did that work out for you? How did you enjoy it? It was really cool. Um, it was 14 months of nonstop performing and traveling and did you say 14 months? Hotels. Yeah. Wow. Please continue. Um, I mean, so yeah, for, 14 months. Uh, the first couple months were building the show. Um, and then um, – Every week we were in a new hotel, new city, new venue. Um, you would perform anywhere from seven to ten shows per weekend. So our, our, you know, Saturdays and Sundays were just performing all all day. Right. Uh, and then during the weeks we did PR, we did interviews, we did rehearsals. It was just that was my life for right. a little over a year. Right. I mean, no doubt. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, it was a blast, though. It was. I mean, it was – I kind of equate that to my college experience because I, I actually left college early to go do that show. Okay. Um, I got my associates, and I peaced out, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, went on, I went on tour, and that, to me, was my version of college. You know, I, I have to ask, how did your family feel about that? <laughs> um, I I feel like I subtly I kind of weaned them into me being a performer because right. when I left, well, I didn't really give them an option to say no. I I when I called my mom. Well, you are a martial I, artist, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow. Um, but I called her and I said, "Hey, I got the Marvel job." I'm dropping out, <laughs> um, which is not something that high school me would have ever expected to do. Right. Um, and I think my parents thought that I would go back to school after the tour was over. That's um, right. But instead, I, I just moved to Los Angeles. So, and, and that's where we are now. <laughs> so, so you went, you went into the, wow, you're, you're making me laugh. <laughs> so I just went to Los Angeles. Is all I did. So you, you went into this Marvel field, and you had a great time. It was twelve to fourteen months, like you said. Mm-hmm, and then, right, yeah. What, what made you want to move to Los Angeles? Because there's New York as well, you know. There's also Chicago. Yeah. There's also, I mean, Florida's not, you know, not bad. Atlanta's not bad as well. There's a lot of places for you to go to. Why Los Angeles? So that was actually uh, the doing of my boyfriend, Omar Zaki. 
Right. Um, uh, so quick tangent, I met him on the All for One Three Musketeers stunt show. And then we both did the Marvel You tour. mean that long ago? You met your boyfriend that long ago during the Three mm-hmm. Musketeers show? Wow. Yep. He played Aramis. Um, hmm. And that's, yeah, so that's that's where we met and started to, you know, like each other a little bit. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, <laughs> and when we were on tour through Marvel, obviously we had been dating for over a year at that point. Um, we were talking about what we would do after the tour. And I actually was planning on moving to New York because I love New York and I still right. love New York. Um, and LA seemed so big and terrifying and full of crazy people, which it is. Um, but right. he had been right. living in Los Angeles prior to the three musketeer show and planned on going back there. And, the idea of moving out here with somebody else seemed a little less terrifying. Um, right. And so that's, that's what happened. We moved out that's here together. What, that's what made sense to me. You know, when, when you mentioned, uh, you know, Los Angeles, I'm like, uh, did your boyfriend have anything to do with that? Because <laughs> Los Angeles is a very scary place. New York is incredibly frightening as well, but it is independent for a lot of women and what have you. But, Moving out to Los Angeles is much better to work out, work, move out here with people that you feel comfortable with, that you're connected with, and uh, and it's it's a better journey that way. So, how did it turn out for you when you moved out to Los Angeles? Did you have fun? Yeah. Um, to be honest, the first year was a culture shock um, because since I did move out here with Omar and Omar had already been living out here. You know, he Omar is your boyfriend. Oh yes, yeah. Omar okay, okay. Um we moved in with people that he knew already that I had right. never met. Um the people I met were through him. Um it was a lot of me being in a very new situation, not having my own friends or identity quite yet. And that was also surrounded by so many talented, competitive, confident people in the industry. Um, And so that was, it took me quite a long time to feel like I had my own, um, my own place in in the city. Right. Right. Um, I had like, three different jobs. I was walking dogs. I was working at a trapeze school. I, I hosted briefly at wow. a restaurant. Um, Cause I just, I didn't know what I was, what I wanted, what I was doing. Right. Right. Um, well, and, a lot of times when, when you move down here with, with a boyfriend or what have you, you can lose your identity to that person and you can, you can lose a lot of, the past, a lot of, of what you're thinking of, a lot of what your dreams, you can lose a lot of those things. What kept you from doing those things? Um, well, it, it took time for sure. And I think there were, there were moments where I definitely felt like I had lost that. But then right. I, I made a group of friends. Um, I, I made friends with a group of people who are really involved in the indie fight community. Um, 
okay. the people that come to mind, it's uh, Brian Sawyer, Amy Sturdivant, Jay Kwan. Um, oh, Jay Kwan. Black, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all these people, Kira O'Connor, Shai DeBrew, they're, they're yeah. all this lovely little community of, of fighters. And I, I started to hang out with them and train with them and make videos with them. And I really think that that's, that that's where I found myself is, is through my friendship with them and our, our shared passion of not just filmmaking, but martial arts in that spiritual sense that we've been talking about. They have the exact right. same mindset. Um, so it was really important for me to, to find them and to become friends with them. That's nice. Uh, have you felt like they've helped you grow as a person and keep your individuality? So, so much. Uh, I mean, it's hard to put into words <laughs> how <laughs> how important they are to me because yeah. um, they, I think with them, it's the first time I really felt like I found people who right. like understood that that weird mindset that like, I, you know, it's so hard to explain to people what the, what the passion is. And, but they, they just, they just knew. And I didn't have to say anything to know that they felt the same way. Um, And so just knowing that I wasn't crazy and I wasn't alone in my mindset really helped me, I think, uh, reinvigorate that, that passion that I that I had sure would you like to know one of the reasons why I wanted you on my show even though you 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 have a gigantic gigantic resume you know (laughs) it's very important to me to bring on people who and I have a very good instinct Uh, you know I I do believe that you're going to make it really big I do believe that you're a really hard worker I do believe that you're going to be one of those people that people are going to be fighting for and looking up to, to want to be like, to want to, you know, invest in. You're one of those kind of human beings. So I wanted to talk to you before all of those things happened. You know, this, this show is not just for people who are, are, are gigantic filmmakers. You know, I've, I've, you saw my, my show already. So I've already talked to a lot of people who have, made it and do huge movies and what have you. But I like talking to people who are are starting off and are just making it right now. And and for you, I knew, I know for a fact you're going to make it really huge. So I wanted to talk to you before all that happened. So the people who are listening to right now can get a gist of how they could be like you, of how your journey began, what made you who you are today, because those things start to change throughout time and your explanation will change throughout time. But this is a very pure kind of way to, to listen to somebody. Does that make sense? It does. I, I, I really appreciate you having so much faith in me. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you, I, I, you don't like, go ahead. I was just gonna say, it's kind of like a, a time capsule in a way. Yeah, it is a time capsule in a way. You know, I, I, I've talked to a lot. I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, like I, I spoke to a, a great uh, stunt coordinator and a great stunt stunt performer in Canada. 
She doesn't think she did a great job. She doesn't think that she's anything big. She's done huge movies, gigantically huge movies. In her mind, it's like, oh, you know, whatever. I'm just doing the best I can. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> it's like, give me a break. Give me a break, dude. You know, you're obviously you're obviously not only accomplished, but you're going to be gigantic. And I, I want to talk to you. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to. I want my audience to know. You know, how can they become like you? Because that's the reason why they're listening. They're not only listening to the show because they, they're you're interesting, but they're also listening to the show because they they want to become like you. They want to know what makes you tick. They they want to know. You know, if I'm acting and I'm doing martial arts, what, what how can I become like you? And I think those are, are important steps. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I guess I guess that's that's true. Again, thank you for for saying all that. <laughs> well, what the heck, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, you know, you're you're acting. So, what do you, what do you, what did you do next? So, you did the Marvel show. You moved out to LA. What is your first Mar- What is your first acting gig that you did out here that kind of you know was prominent to you? Oh gosh, first one that was prominent or just tell um, me the little one okay so i guess the the little the little job that got me my sag card uh was a, a little b-list movie i did february of last year so a little over a year ago um and i just i doubled some woman i honestly don't remember her name she probably doesn't even know who i am i I can guarantee she doesn't know who i am um it it was just a a little day project and i right rolled on the ground and that was it but it got me my sad card which was super important obviously um oh oh my gosh i just realized and then very shortly after that was the ultimate tag job we filmed it a year ago <laughs> really um, so the the new show yeah. that's coming out right now yeah it was we filmed it almost exactly a year ago where you play flame yeah <laughs> and, and you and, and, and by the way uh omar plays the geek yes <laughs> <laughs> He does. <laughs> you know, l- l- let me go back just one second before we get started on this. How, do, sure. how does your family feel about your boyfriend? Because your your boyfriend's obviously an entertainer. He's he's, he's in this field. He's physical. That's very obvious. Um, how how do they when you when you spoke to them about him? Do they feel more comfortable about you being in Los oh, Angeles or whatever? Yeah, I think so. He he's so. Uh, put together and confident right. and um he had already been out here obviously which which really helped a lot um i think my parents felt way more comfortable knowing i was going out here with somebody and and by that point we had been dating a while so it's not like i was moving out right. with a stranger right um, and i mean now they they've been they've known him so long he's he's just like family and in fact his mom and my mom are best friends so oh that's so um, sweet yeah it really it really works out they vacationed in mexico together once <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah that that sounds like marriage material right there by the way 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that, sounds like, that sounds like marriage coming up, by the way. And, and by the way, I choose beef for that for that wedding. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> so but, but before we get started in, 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 in tag, because I want to talk about this. You, you did a couple other short films, which is uh, uh, which a lot of martial artists first get into, which is the Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those those are little shorts that Omar does for his YouTube channel, which happens yeah. to be um, pretty, pretty big. I think I never really. What is, what is how... it? Tell us what it is. Uh, it's just his uh, his name. So it's Omar Zaki. And I, he, I think he started it five years ago, um, starting with just parkour videos. And now he yeah. makes little shorts. Um, I, I know yeah, I, I know a lot of Power Rangers. I mean, I know a lot of the real Power Rangers out here. So it's that's a tough gig. It's a tough. But you played the pink Power Ranger, right? I did just for, you know, I, I wasn't in one of the actual shows, but I did it as a as a little indie thing. How'd it go? It was it was great. It was fun. Fighting in those costumes is um very difficult. Yes. Hard <laughs> with, to breathe. With, with the helmets. Yeah. Um, and I remember the first time we we filmed one of the, one of those shorts, it was like a hundred degrees out. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and the the helmets would fog up, and you couldn't see. And at one point, I got minor heat exhaustion, which was a fun yeah. time. <laughs> I see a picture of you throwing a roundhouse in your pink ranger outfit. That that's insane. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you enjoyed it. So you played the the Power Rangers and the, the search for Tommy, and then you did Pink Ranger versus Red Ranger. Mhm. How'd that and, work out for we're you? Actually, Go ahead. Um, oh no, I was just gonna okay. say we're, we're actually editing um, another one that we've been working on. I think we filmed it a few a few months ago. Is when we finished filming it. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a step up from the other little shorts that that Omar right. and I have done. Um, now that we have all of our fancy LA friends, they they took part <laughs> and um, they they played a bunch of goons. And I don't want to give away too much, but I think he's hoping right. to release it in the next few weeks. So so that's a fun one. Well, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, I see that you worked on on a short film as well called Solar. What is that all about? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that I guess that was right before I moved out to Los Angeles. Um, and it's so funny because I I knew so little back then. <laughs> it, it, feels, it, it wasn't even that long ago, but it, you know that. May, may, may I ask you a question? Film? Is is this your get up? Because you 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 act naive, but you're a martial artist. You're an actress. You have a a huge like resume as far as not being on IMDb, but as far as acting in the real world and working in in the real, you know, real you know acting. You 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 worked in 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 uh, Meisner and Chekhov. You've been a teacher. Is there a reason why? Is this just you? You you play like kind of like 
you know, like, oh, yeah, oh, I, I, I haven't done this much. But, but, but obviously you've done a, a great deal. I guess it's just knowing that there's still so much to know and to do. Right, right. Um, I would never want to assume that I was anywhere near a, a finished product, as it, as it were. Right, right. Um. But yeah, I've always been a little, <laughs> a little awkward. So <laughs> a little mousy. I would say mousy. Yeah. yeah, you're a little mousy. But it, it's oh, funny man. because yeah, you're you're not the kind of person that a, a human being should screw around with because you're very strong. Obviously, you're very powerful. You're a very powerful human being. You're a very powerful woman. You have a lot of of great um, experiences behind you. Your parents are, and your family, are very well experienced, incredibly intelligent, and mathematical. Uh, the, the only signs I see is a, a person who is uh, somebody to be reckoned with. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I, um, I've never perceived myself as as that but um okay but but i mean i guess it's the the fear of being too intimidating i guess sure um it's like you you learn to put on a a skin of sure i don't know what you want to call it no i get whatever yeah yeah uh, well, this is—I mean—that's what—that's what it takes to be on set for fourteen to sixteen to eighteen hours with a huge group is to be likable, which which obviously you are. So let's talk a little bit more about solar. So so what's going on with that? Um, so it was something I did before I moved out to LA. Um, yeah. And I guess it was my first time doing a like a stunt acting role for film besides the, I guess besides the little shorts that I did with my friends, the first professional job. Um, And you play Kiki. Yes, I did play Kiki. um, And I was speaking of being mouthy, uh, a nervous wreck the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The whole time in my head was just this constant, panic but apparently no one could tell so that's good right um but it was a lot of fun to to do all the choreography that we had to do I didn't realize that I was the only one between me and the other actress that was fighting so that was surprising and it was like this big four-on-one fight and I look back at that fight and I cringe because since it was the first kind of real job that I had done for film, there was so much I didn't know about, <laughs> I mean, just like how to sell a good punch on camera right. and right. and how to look a certain way or sell power. Um, but it was really important for me because it it was a great opportunity to learn in a a low stakes environment, you know, if I'm going to make mistakes, I'd rather it be there than on a really big TV show. Right. Um, Right. But yeah. And then it, 
that was released again, like almost a year after we filmed it. And there's always that, that waiting period and you, and you look back on it and people think you've just shot it and you're like, no, wait, that was a year ago. It doesn't reflect me now. Right. <laughs> right. I write them so much better now. <laughs> Film is funny that way, you know, it, it's delayed and they don't know how you've grown. And, and next thing you know, you're like, no, wait, wait a second. I, I'm a better person than that. Exactly. Even just from the beginning of filming to the end of the production, you've already grown so much. Right. Well, let's, let's get straight to it. You know, you're an ultimate tag. You play Flame. And Omar yeah. plays the geek. So, uh-huh. so <laughs> that's hilarious to me. By the way, he does not look like a geek. He looks like somebody who can, who, who like beats up geeks. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> please tell me about this show and what's, what, what is it about? Um, so it's a, a new game show. It's, I mean, it's kind of tag, uh, you know, your childhood game and every, every variation you can imagine of it. Okay. Um, I don't know. You guys are, you guys are jumping over like huge, you know, uh, partitions. You guys are chasing after each other. You guys are obviously physically fit. P- people are taking it seriously, like wrestling, because people are like yeah. yelling. I-, I saw that they're like yelling. It, uh, yeah, it is very heightened. You could say I. Yeah. It's kind of like WWE meets American Ninja Warrior meets right. American Gladiator. Um, I feel like it's almost dodgeball. Yeah, it is. It is almost like dodgeball with how over the top the, the tagging characters are. Um, and I think that's, what's going to make it so exciting to watch because, because it's so loud and colorful and, and exciting. Right. Um, and and getting to watch some of the other taggers and their their crazy characters was was so entertaining. You know, I I love the show Glow uh, so much. I don't know if you ever watched the show Glow, but it does I remind me a little me, bit. Yeah, it does remind me a little bit of Glow, where it's it's these people are putting everything physically, mentally, spiritually into a show. Now it's about to premiere on May twentieth is what I understand. Mm-hmm. And it looks incredibly exciting. Um, and I'm going to watch it without a doubt. I'm going to watch it. So what <laughs> was, what was the experience like being on a show like that, where you need to be both mind and body symbiotic. You need to be really in the now. And, and by the way, was- how did it work out with you, you and Omar? Because are you guys on the same team or do you guys need to tag each other? We're on the same team. So um, basically, I know, right? (laughs) Uh, We didn't, we never had to go head to head with each other. Um, All the taggers kind of work as a unit and we, uh, we're basically the force that the contestants have to face off against. Um, So it was great for us in that there wasn't a huge amount at stake because we as the as the home team, we already are. We already win in a way. Um, right. You know, we're not 
we don't have to you're worry the home about, team. Yeah, we're we're the home team. Everyone is rooting for us. We've we've got built in fans and so our you, job so is you just, you have normal people coming in to play tag with you? Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah. You know, that's not, ins- that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. It was you know, they're not nor like they're they're athletically normal. Normal yeah. <laughs> They're Godzilla normal. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're trying to say to me. They're like they're like King Kong normal. But yes, I, yeah. I get what you mean by by normal, normal, yeah. That athletically normal. Yeah. Um and a few of them not more than a few were actually forces to be reckoned with for sure. Um and so even though we didn't have anything to lose, really, there was that pressure to perform in front of uh, a live studio audience. Um, right. And you don't want to you don't want to make a fool of yourself or sure. over an obstacle or who knows what. Um, the scariest part for me was always doing the the like post game interviews. Um, right. Because we're playing these characters, but then it's also kind of real because it's reality tv but it's like but i'm a character but i'm myself but i actually don't know who i am anymore right, <laughs> right. Um, so that was uh, <laughs> an interesting thing to juggle for me right so like how, how, how much it... of this is the flame and how much of it is caitlin well d- d- i mean are you called the flame did they ever call you caitlin during the entire episode no it's just flame Really? Oh my God! Yeah. So it's like it's, it's like American Gladiators. Yeah. That's, wow, that's what sc- a lot of people have been comparing it to. That is scary. <laughs> that is that is that is frightening. So how does it feel like to have? Because it looks like a gigantic studio audience. What does it feel like to have them roar for you as you as you're doing what you need to do? Admittedly, it was really cool. As, as scary as it feels, um, it, it's like theater, you know, having that live it audience is. with the energy from them. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's nothing that compares to having people right there watching you. Um, film is cool, but it's it's just not nearly as exhilarating. So, getting to have both at once was a really was a really unique experience and uh, you know you get the butterflies right before right before they say action and then you just hear the audience scream and you you know you get that like rush in your ears and then it's just adrenaline from there right Uh, how do you feel about your your um your your teammates and what have you because i i saw a couple of them and they're quite frightening (laughs) <laughs> to say the least, they're quite frightening. Yeah, um, they're awesome. They're they're all super great. It's it's a pretty crazy bunch of people. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, so many of them are these really big influencers. Um, I think I have one of the smallest followings um, because one okay. of the big draws was having people that are that can bring in their own audiences. Right. Um, and so it was weird to be around these people who are so good at like, being themselves. Yeah. 
you let know me, let I me ask you a question. In, in the future, when when you are that crazed individual that can bring in broad audiences, are you still going to come on this show? Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can't. I'd like to think that I don't. I don't think I'm going to be much different than this ever. It's hard to imagine. I mean, I don't know. People change, but no, I, I hope you're, that you're, I don't you're going to change. And, and there is going to be a lot of, you know, like when you said that them bringing in their own audience, you're going to bring in your own audience very soon. And it's going to be, <laughs> and it's going to be gigantic. I promise you. And, and Omar would say the same thing to you. I promise you. Right. You know, you're going to bring in a huge audience. And the only thing I would hope is that I can still reach out to you and I can still bring you on the show and, and get to know you and see where, where your progress is going in your career. But l- let me ask you a question. Working with your, working with your boyfriend, Omar, uh, on, on the show, how does, that, how does that feel like? Does it feel good to have somebody that, that you have a relationship with that you can, you can have this experience with? It is it is really cool. Um, I think it's something not a lot of people get to experience. Um, it, it's it's really nice to have these these shared opportunities where we can go home and we can talk about what a cool day it was or what an exhausting day it was. Um, the the other side of the coin is working with a significant other has its own difficulties. Um, sure. Like, oh, oh, for like, for example, you don't, uh, you don't get as much time away from each other. So when you're, when you're working right. like a sixteen-hour day, and then you go home, it's like, well, right. what did you do today? Oh, the same thing right. as you. <laughs> 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 we were, we were literally right next to each other. Yeah. Um, but we've gotten to the point now where we, I think we have a pretty good workflow. So right. we, we can be working together kind of adjacent to one another right. without getting in each other's way or getting on each other's nerves. And that's taken a lot of time. Um, but you've been but, together for a long time. Do you have good communication skills with each other? Yeah, I think so. You know, like, I, I can be a little a little passive aggressive sometimes. <laughs> oh, you don't and seem I, that way. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I can feel the sarcasm. <laughs> um, I'm working on it. I'm I'm trying. Um, you know, just like keeping things bottled up. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we really try to keep an open line of communication and Good. give each other space. Having our own friends and kind of specialties in the industry where I focus more sure. on on fighting and he focuses more on on parkour that really helps that way we're not always together training together working together so that sure. way when we do have opportunities where we're together it's it's fresh and it's it's exciting right does he have the same experience that you do in the martial arts no actually he's definitely more hmm. of a parkour flipping guy um, ah. yeah so he's he's great at flips he's awesome and he's really really come a long way with martial arts as well um right but he didn't he hasn't done it 
since he was a kid like I have. Um, And so, and that is kind of cool that we both have things we can teach to each other. Sure, Um, sure. But it also just comes down to what we're interested in. Now, did you tell your family? Obviously, you told your family about the show. Yeah, yeah, they know. I think my mom actually watched one of the episodes. She came out to L.A. and was in the audience. You you think or you know? I know. I I, I She did, yes. <laughs> it okay. It took me a second to remember. <laughs> <laughs> and and how, how was that like? It was really cool. Um, she, uh, my mom and Omar's mom, actually, <laughs> Both nice. came out here. The, the, the both you go on and like vacations together. They, they're. I'm telling you, they're best friends. <laughs> they're they're so hoping you guys get married. That's so hilarious to me. They're they're like, listen, their children are going to look like this. That's what they're planning out right now. Probably they probably already have like a wedding planned, and they just. <laughs> You you, you should just tell them to plan it out for yourselves, and you guys will just sit back and wait for them. So, so they came out, and and I know that's the greatest kind of way to just fall to like you know allow somebody else to do the the stuff you don't want to do yourself. But so they both came out, both parents came out, which is very sweet to watch you play, and you know what you play in this field, what was it like? It was, it was really satisfying to be honest. Um, It's, you know, for them to, to physically come out and watch, I think is the ultimate way of them saying that they are, you know, excited for it, that they approve of it, um, that they, that they support it. Um, there were definitely some times when I was younger where like my parents couldn't make it to a a school play or something. And at the time they also weren't nearly as supportive of my aspirations to be an actor back then. And I think it reflected in their commitment to seeing those things. Right. Um, so now that there's like that, they were willing to fly out to LA just to go see a job that I was a part of to me means that they've, they really fully um, support what I'm doing now. That's wonderful. Does it feel good to have your family have your back and and to be there for you? I mean, that sounds like a silly question, but you never know how people are going to answer that. It it does. Um, I think I didn't realize how much I wanted them to support me until I finally got that. Um, And you realize how much it means to you to know that, you know, not only will they not let you be homeless or whatever, but they also support it with their, with their hearts and with their actions that, and that can really give you the, the confidence to go forward with your goals even more than if you know that, maybe they secretly aren't supporting it. Right. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. You know, we we're almost going to hit the, the end mark here, which is, you know, almost two hours, but let, let's talk a little bit about one last project that you worked, which was Penny Dreadful. You worked a little bit on yeah. Penny Dreadful, right? 
I did. How was that like? Oh, that, that was that was so cool. That was what I did most recently before yeah. before the quarantine started. Yeah. Um, and I mean, first of all, I'm so grateful to to Vlad Rimberg and Mark Norby, who were the coordinators on that show. Yep. Um, they, you know, as someone who's still pretty new in the industry, it's it's a gamble to hire someone who doesn't have a ton on their resume. Right. Um, so I'm really grateful that they gave me the chance and it wasn't a super stunt heavy job, but one of the coolest things was that a, I was doubling Natalie Dormer, which is just super cool. She's great. Um, She's great. Yeah. She was awesome. Watching her act was really cool. Her character was really fun to try to portray physically. Um, and doing the previs for that episode, where I actually got to do the entire scene was a, a lot of fun as an actor. Oh, like, you got to be able it, to, ability to do the previs. That's so nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my, my test, if you will. <laughs> okay. So I did the, I did the previs and then the producers and directors liked it. And so then I got hired to double in the episode. Um, and so it was cool to get to act in the previs and then without, you know, giving away the show the right i i got a chance to do a little bit more than just stunts because of the way that her character works right um i i got to do a little bit of of photo doubling and um it involved way more acting than i expected which was really cool that i got to kind of act on this big tv show (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a very well awaited show. People are waiting for this show to come out. Yeah. She she had a you had a chance to do a lot more acting than you thought you did. Yeah. And you probably you won't you won't know that it's me cuz that's kind of the point of the doubling, I guess. Sure. sure. <laughs> um but for Well, I'll know it's you because I I know I know we we had a conversation. I'll know it's you, oh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of people will not know it's you. Yes. Yeah, they, hopefully they don't. If they do, then maybe I didn't do my job right. <laughs> right, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but let yeah, me ask you. So. Let me ask you a question. You know, how do you feel about? You know, not that, not that you're a gigantic, you know, you know, stunt human being and what have you, stunt performer, what have you, that is in the field so much. But how do you feel about stunt performers not getting an Oscar in in the Oscars? Uh, I mean, they should. I, that's what it comes down to. Um, before I got into stunts, I also wasn't aware of how important stunts are to film. Right. Um, but again, that's because it's it's our job to be under the radar and to make the actors look cool. But just in the same way that your sound mixers and your costumers and your makeup artists are all just as essential to the production as the actors, I think the same goes for the stunt performers. Um, and I, I do have faith that with more awareness, um, and there's a lot more exposure for stunt people these days. I think it's only a matter of time until we get recognition in the Oscars. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm confident it'll happen eventually, but I, I definitely agree that it needs to happen. It should have happened already. 
Yeah. Um, but, yeah, some people are cool, so they should get. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking forward to in your future as an actress, stunt performer, as, as a, a person of person of movement and what have you? What are you looking forward to in your future? Oof. Um, it, as cheesy as it sounds, I'm just really excited to keep exploring my craft. Um, right now, my my really big passion is finding the acting within the fighting. Um, more than just oh, I'm intensely fighting. I'm I'm really interested in the nuance and like how can we how can we really develop a character through their fighting and how can we be saying lines and complicated dialogue while we're doing fight choreography and how can they combine? Um, right. It's thing that I've been really trying to explore. And I mean, in, in the best case scenario, maybe one day I would play a character that requires not only really complicated acting, but really complicated fighting and they're just intertwined in a really, really cool way, that would be my my ultimate goal. Do you do you think Chekhov and Meisner have a place in the world that you're in right now? Absolutely. I mean, Chekhov especially because because of that mind body connection. There's there's no better way, in my opinion, to to add emotion to fighting than by using. Chekhov's principles because that's Hmm. that's literally what it's all about Um, and I'd be really interested to see if we you know if we apply those psychological gestures to choreography how can it affect a performer's performance how can it trigger emotional responses within them so that they're able to fight and really feel something genuinely and how does that affect their fighting and vice versa um and Meisner too, in that, you know, it's that action reaction. And as fight choreographers, fight performers, we're always having a dance with another person. And it's the exact right. same thing with Meisner's repetition exercises. Sure. I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's all there. It's all the same. And we right. just got to find the, the nuances. Well, that makes sense. People want to get in touch with you. People want to know who you are. What are the best ways for them to get in contact with you? Uh, probably my Instagram, which is at Caitlin Hudson, um, which is my name. And then I'm also on Facebook, but that's that's pretty much it. Oh, I do have a website, uh, <laughs> www.caitlinhudson.com. I forget because I, I need to update it. Uh, but yeah, those three <laughs> platforms. <laughs> You know, there's there's some little girl out there that's that's training martial arts, that's doing acting, and she's listening to this interview and she wants to become just like you. What kind of advice would you have for her, or what, what kind of words of wisdom would you have for a person like that? I would say that perseverance and tenacity are the most important things you can have because no matter how far along your journey you are, there's 
always going to be obstacles and roadblocks and pe- trying to keep you from reaching your goals. And y- you just have to push through no matter how long it takes and how many uh, side roads you have to take. As long as you keep pushing forward, you're going to find the path that you're meant to be on. Um, and also just remember that you're doing what you love. So love right. the process because sometimes sometimes it's not going to feel like fun. It's going to feel like work. But as long as you remember that you love it and you're passionate about it, that that'll keep you happy and it'll keep you moving forward. You know, Caitlin, I consider you one of the rare few that have the ability to have somebody like Omar who supports you, that's behind you, that you can have a joint career together. But there's a lot of young girls out there uh, that have boyfriends that, that don't support their career, that don't support what they, what they want to do. They want to keep them behind somehow. They don't want them to grow because they want to keep them to themselves and what have you. Mm-hmm. What, what, what advice would you give to that girl? Girl, <laughs> you are your own person and, and establishing yourself as an individual is so much more important than finding another person to, to complete you or to, to whatever to make you feel whole. Um, I know it, it's, it sounds so by the books, but you really have to be your own self in order to be happy with another person. Um, And as someone who quite honestly lost that for a while, um, I'm fortunate that a, that Omar stuck with me while I refound myself. And then also that I was able to take the steps to do that. Um, A relationship is just so much better when, when you are actively pursuing your own goals and interests and life and you'll find that other person that can be alongside you without, without tripping you. <laughs> right. How, how, how hard was it to refine yourself? It was, it was hard. Um, and as someone who's always struggled a little bit with my own image and self-confidence, um, mm. it's, it's scary to to feel lost and to 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 take your own steps when right. you are constantly second guessing yourself right um, but if you can just force yourself through <laughs> tough love and self discipline right to just do the things you know you look back on it and then you realize how far you've come uh that and therapy. <laughs> Don't be afraid to go to therapy. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you about therapy. Therapy is an amazing concept and I, I love it to death. Yeah, it, it's something that should be way more uh, destigmatized so that, because I, I think everyone can benefit from therapy, even if, yeah. even if your life's great. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it's even stigmatized. I, I, I would have a a t-shirt saying I go to therapy and, and what of it 
<laughs> I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I've always loved it myself. Well, Caitlin Hudson, you know, it, it's been a, a true pleasure to have you on the show and, and an honor for us. And thank you for being so honest and forthright uh, with all of your answers and, and, and for sharing your journey with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, this was really a lot of fun, and I, I appreciate you uh, talking to me and and being a great talker. <laughs> well, this is the part of the show where I'm gonna I'm gonna clap you off, and then I'm gonna talk behind your back. If you want to if you want to stay in, in the line and listen to me talk behind your back and, and and sing your praises, please please stay on there. But you've been a great guest. We we greatly appreciate everything you said to us, and and you know our audience is just really overblown with digesting all the information that you've given them. So thank you so much for being on our show and, and really good luck in everything that you're doing. Thank you. I'll definitely, I'm more than happy to come back on in the future. So you you have that on, on recording. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to call you and I'm definitely going to have you on again. I guarantee you that. And it's It's going to be less than a year because you are destined for popularity that is beyond your comprehension at the moment. And I cannot wait to see that happen. And I, I, I can't wait to talk to you again and see what you've learned and see how everything has turned out for you and for Omar and for your family. I, I'm so happy for you and so proud of you. So good luck to you and, uh, and God bless. Thank you so much, Steve. You too. Right, here's your clapping right here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, my friend. You too. <laughs> now that is an amazing human being. Caitlin Hudson. Caitlin Hudson. Remember that name? Remember that name. It's going to be sealed on your lips forever, forever, forever. You know, what's interesting about her is that she was very linear about how she was able to explain her life journey from being a martial artist to wanting to be an actress to her parents being in a different field, but are both her brothers being in the acting field. And then as she grew in the acting field, they grew out of it and went into a different field and she followed her dream. From martial arts to katas, performing katas, to going into acting, acting in grade school to high school, to working for Marvel, to being Black Widow, which I could have told you. She worked extremely, extremely hard. We've asked that question of why somebody would want to work with you for 12 to 14 to 16 to 18 hours. Caitlin Hudson showed you why somebody would want to work that long with you. She's likable. She's compassionate. She's kind. She's empathetic. And she's directable. There's no wonder why she's succeeding so fast, like a rocket ship, 
from meeting her boyfriend, Omar, to coming out to L.A., losing herself a little bit, to finding herself again like any strong woman would. Isn't that an incredible story? It's an incredible story to hear about somebody losing themselves and then finding themselves again. Like a phoenix. She worked on Penny Dreadful. She's in the new show Tag. Omar plays the geek. She plays Flame. Flame. I cannot wait to watch the show on May 20th on Fox to see her dominate, to see her become the person that I know, and I think you as an audience knows as well, what she's going to become, a huge star. Caitlin Hudson, thank you so much for being on the show today. Your humility your kindness, your generosity has blessed all of us. You've made all of us better people for listening to you, and thank you so much. And for all of you out there, I want you to remember this is a time for reflection. Reflection. Reflect on your life. Reflect on what's going on this time of turmoil care about one another reach out to one another read that book write that book watch that movie write that movie let go of grudges life is not guaranteed Thank you so much, everybody, for blessing me with the ability to speak to all of you. My name is Steve Pisa. This has been Cinema Files Radio. I love you all. Have a great day.